You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Room to succeed, pivoting, and the Rachel Bay Jones internal X factor. What do all these things have in common? They're all topics on today's episode. I'm your host, Sean Chandler, and you're listening to Your Program is Your Ticket, a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. My guest today is Madison Jade Jones from Annex Theater in Seattle, Washington. And they are a part of a continuation of a series called Act Two Places, which gives theater folks an opportunity to discuss the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic on them and their organizations and their plans for reemergence. Annex Theater is Seattle's longest-running fridge theater, currently in its 33rd season. It's a democratic collective of theater artists dedicated to creating bold new work in an environment of improbability, resourcefulness, and risk. Now keep in mind, please, that our interviews are recorded at different times to optimize schedules, just in case the audio sounds a little different. I'm super excited, so let's bring them on. Hi, Jade, and welcome to your program is your ticket. Hi, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so glad to have you on the show. I love Seattle. Seattle's one of my favorite cities. It's so beautiful. I always tell everyone that um, Seattle is like you stand in Seattle and everywhere you look, it looks like a photo. Oh, God, don't tell people that. Then they'll come here, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) As long as they go there and go to your theater, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, just such a gorgeous um, area. Uh, my husband and I have been there several times. His best friend lives there, and we have friends Aww. that are there. And so, yeah, it's so. When we're there next time, I'll you and I will get together. We'll have coffee. Oh, absolutely! There's a new crate place that's in South Lake Union. That's unbelievable. Well, I'm sorry. A, a what kind of place? A crate place. Oh, crate. Okay, oh I, God, I didn't understand. Is it? Oh, okay. My God. It's so good. Even for takeout, it's so good. We'll go to the park and have crepes, Sean. Right. <laughs> or maybe at that point, we can actually sit in the restaurant and have crepes. Oh, my God. I totally forgot you used to be able to sit in restaurants. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I did notice that it's snowing today in Seattle. A whole foot, Sean. Oh, wow. We've had it, too. Ugh. Okay. That's, that's all the love right now for Seattle. We're going to get to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's start by having you tell our listeners about yourself, your background, anything that's um, that you'd like to share. Yeah, sure. Um, I've been actively working in the theater industry for about 12 years since I was a Bonnie wee lass. Um, <laughs> it, I picked up a few like really bad habits in the South. Um, 
and I like realized that about myself, like thinking that like I could only do black roles or like just like seeing myself as these side characters. So as soon as I got an opportunity to move to Seattle, I, I just did. Like I just got up and left. Um, and I fell in love with Annex the moment that I got here. Um, I loved the energy and I loved how they're just a little hole in the wall downtown. Um, and I, I just, I remember thinking to myself, like, if I'm ever going to write a play, it's going to be for Annex. And I did. And it was wonderful. If I could, you know, toot toot my own little horn there. Um, but <laughs> after that um, show, the current AD felt comfortable um, to release the reins to Hannah Ferguson and I, who's my co-AD. And we just took those reins and we made the best team that I've ever been a part of. We worked so good together, um, and here we are, just trucking through the quarantine superhighway. Wow. <laughs> um, what was the name of the play? Anansi and the Halfling. What was it about? It was about a American Black woman who was dealing with the loss of her African heritage. Uh-huh. Her mother raised her to know Nigerian gods and Nigerian customs, but... When you live in America for a really long time, there's this kind of expectation to become American and lose what you used to know. Um, and I just wanted to talk about it and how, you know, maybe we can come together as a community to heal that hole that's left in us that we know is there in our culture, you know? Sure, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I always say that the, the best pieces of theater, have, they do the three E's. They entertain, they educate, and they edify. And that sounds like it hits all three of them. I'm sure that, that you were you were teaching people stuff that they didn't know. Yeah, and, about the Nigerian gods for sure. Sure, and um, you were. Uh, it it sounds like it has such a wonderful message. I know as writers we don't hit hard on the message. We're not supposed to, um, but it sounds like it's. Uh, it will also teach people, you know, how certain ways that they should be reacting and behaving and things that they need to be aware of. And I think that that's. I think that's sensational. Well, thank you. I, I worked really hard to make a piece of media that didn't feel like someone was just talking at you, you know, yeah. like about something. I really wanted to bring the act of um, the thing that binds us all together is storytelling. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a, a black thing. It's not a, a, a white thing. These cultures are just us telling stories to each other. And I, I just really wanted to bring that home. Wow. And um, was Annex Theater the first place in which it, it was produced and performed? Yeah, Annex was the first place that I ever felt comfortable to, like, fail. You know, it was my first play I ever wrote. So I was like, I, I, you know, you have to you have to say, like, will I get embarrassed? Will this be humiliating for me? <laughs> Trying to write a play for my first time at 25 about the entire, like, cosmos of my culture <laughs> like and how that sits in my body um and annex kind of you know really like held me you know during that mm-hmm. whole process um now did you ever workshop the play did you did you bring in people to 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 watch readings of it um or have you know frequently because I'm a writer myself and I will always have, I'd go to a writing group um, and, or I would bring people in and get pizza and just read it out loud or, or even just do a full on, like fully directed uh, reading of it, or it's not fully, but maybe three quarters directed reading of it. 
um, to to sort of hear the play and and see what people are thinking about. Did you was that part of your process? Well, I was paired with uh, a director, Brandon J. Simmons, who had written for Annex before. So he was familiar with how the story goes at Annex Ah. um, and how, you know, it's just a box with lights in it um, and you have to create the world, right? And he had me over at his apartment every weekend to talk about the script. He made me coffee with, with a ton of cream, just like I like. And he, you know, he did a lot of work for me, like emotionally, to help me understand what a play was. Because I had written many short stories and books. um, And I think that my approach to writing a play originally was just like, we're going. Here's some action. Here's some words. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And he was like, boo, boo. Ho, ho, ho. We have one location. <laughs> we, need to cal- we have 16 feet of stage. You need to calm down. And I- I'll never be able to like repay him for, for him literally just taking this complete babe, <laughs> not knowing, you know, my hand from the back of my hand. What is the, what is the phrase? <laughs> um, and just, he just was like, listen, you have a good story. Let me help you take it to a place that other people can understand that your brain pictures can be translated into mouth words. Wow. And it was it was just incredible to even understand that I had that power in me. You know, like you don't really know what you're capable of. But he told me, he told me that he believed I was capable of something, and then he helped me execute it. He's incredible. Isn't that that great? Because so often as writers, like I do most of my writing, like sitting in bed with my (laughs) my laptop on my lap. And, um, and I always say that usually in the beginning, we have to be our own support system. We have to be our own fan. Um, Most people don't really buy onto the concept of the, of the play or the show um, until something concrete has happened with it. Somebody's interested mm-hmm. in it or something like that. Then it's like, Oh, well, you, you wrote a play. Well, I've been writing this play for three years. So yeah, it's been, it's been a while, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, having, having him as uh, a sounding board, it's somebody to work with to develop the play is a huge asset for you. And that's, that's very cool. I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to him. Yeah. Excellent. Um, now tell us about Annex theater. Um, the history, um, the mission, your mission statement. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Um, so Annex um, was started by a bunch of college graduates who got a downtown location for like $5 a month rent in the 80s. This is like unbelievable. This woman was just like, this is like a rat infested hole. If you like take care of it. Like you can pay me like $5 and this is fine. And this is on like fifth Avenue downtown um, where I, I could no longer afford to live there because the rent went up to 1900. <laughs> like yeah. this is not, there's, there ain't no places to live for $5 downtown Seattle right now. Like that's not <laughs> happening. Um, and so they made this like collection of just like artists who did exactly what they wanted to do. They didn't, they didn't answer to, you know, 
a, a group of patrons. They didn't answer to a board. They were just like, what do we want to put on in the theater? And all 12 of them were like, whatever that we want to do, you know? And it was like a little clubhouse. And, you know, the, the story of, of how the people before me, like, made Annex what it is, um, is, I think, like, really punk rock. Like, it's really rock and roll. Like, it's really just like, we just got drunk in the theater and wrote a play together. And I'm just like, <laughs> like what do you? <laughs> that was allowed, but like, it's, it's totally allowed. Like, Annex is about giving people a soft place to fail. Like, that is what Annex is about. Uh, like, it has always been the home of people who had an idea, but had no idea how to execute it. Or, or they had a team and a vision, but no name. So bigger theaters, you know, wouldn't even give them the time of day. Like, who are you? You know? I mean, like, we, we did a play that I directed that was about a woman who discovers she's a robot and she needs to team up with her echoed selves in another dimension to stop a team of guerrilla scientists from blowing up the world. And, in, a black, in a black box theater with lights? In a black box theater. It was unbelievable. And this cool. writer wrote it in college, and the prompt was, write a play that no theater would ever put on. <laughs> yes, I lo- please. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes, please, Jasmine <laughs> Joshua. Uh, yes, please. Like, uh, like, absolutely. Like, And they brought us, this to us, and I was just like, this is so dumb. And I was like, yes, because I saw the opportunity in it. When a play is truly like just off the rails, that's when an artist like actually gets to have fun. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I don't necessarily like feel like I had fun doing the importance of being earnest. Like I, it's a, it's a, you know what I mean? Like it's a play, like it's a play and I know that it's fun and it like has a little silly message. But like the moving parts are like our struggle. Like I don't, I don't know if I had fun doing parade. I don't know if that was fun for me. Like it was art and it was a message that needed to be said. But like for every parade I do, I want to do a you'd better sit down for this, which is that play. Do you know what I mean? Like I need an artistic palette cleanser. And I really hope that Annex is a place where you can just be like, I don't want to think about systemic racism. I just for an evening, like just for a second, I just want to think about something else because my brain is going nuts. And I think it's especially important in a city where tech companies are continually trying to make it a company town. Like it is, it is astronomical the way our city has changed and has turned into like just kind of this, really weird identity between like work and entertainment. It's like the the line got so blurred somewhere and we just want to, we just want to make sure that there's a place for new artists to experiment. Cause like, how are we going to get new art? If, if there's not a place for artists to be like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah it's, and it's okay. It's okay. It didn't work because n- nobody saw it, babe. Like we make it a, we make it a, our, like, it's like this unspoken thing between the staff that if somebody makes something bad, we never talk about it again. Like we're not the people who you put on references. That's not us. 
Like that's not what our point, that's not what the point of us is. You're supposed to come here with something that you don't know is going to work so that when you take it somewhere else, because we don't keep the rights or anything, like you're supposed to be able to let it fly somewhere with more resources than we have. Like that's the point. So if you have a hard time at Annex, boo-boo, nobody has to know, nobody. If you have a great time and you're a Gregory-nominated show, then we're going to sing your praises from the heavens. But if you're not, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. No one is going to make fun of you. No one is going to come to you and be like, listen, we ain't got no butts in seats. Yeah, no shit, we don't have any butts in seats. Like, this is a world premiere. It's the first time this person is doing this, you know? Like, if you don't have a place where you can go to be like, experimental and and weird like i really think that it's a hindrance i think i i don't know i just think that places to fail are necessary like out of the public eye you know right oh yeah yeah um i'm i'm glad to hear that because there are there aren't a whole lot of cities anymore that are theater incubators if you will oh. i know Ch- chicago is great at that um, um, I want to say probably Atlanta, uh, Seattle, there, there's probably, um, and New York definitely is, but, um, on w- with, with certain opportunities, uh, like fringe festivals and things like that are, are yeah. great. And, um, mm-hmm. um, I think it's really super important. I moved, my husband, David, and I moved here from LA about five years ago. Los Angeles is very definitely not a theater incubator. It has either what I call um, garage theater, which is like tiny theater rehearsal mm-hmm. spaces uh, where you do your performances, where if, if it's, if you're going to be incubating anything, it's there. Yeah. Or yeah. it's big theaters like, you know, contagious and the Amundsen and stuff like that. So it's great that, that you're providing this for, for people, it is so so necessary because of what we were talking about earlier, which is having the place to go and hear it read out loud, yeah. hear it, see it acted by people, mm-hmm. um, because sometimes that's the only way that you like. I have this saying: it's like I think it's funny, but that's because I wrote it. That is a word, Sean. That is a word. It is. It's a word. It's it's true. Um, you know, I'll like, oh, I just love this joke. I'm waiting for it. And all of a sudden, crickets or I don't get it. You know, yeah. So, yeah. so and the only way that you can figure that out is to have a place like Annex Theater to go and and uh, and, and let it allow it to evolve. That's what I think. Oh, I mean, because yeah. I like I think there are so many like so few places where if a production doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. If y'all can't get your shit together in time for opening night and your six play, like six act pirate saga turns into a very, very pretty stage reading, that is okay. That's okay. You did the best that you could. You and your team did the best that you could. You're a bunch of volunteers. Like, chill. It's fine. Relaxation. Like mm-hmm. n- nobody is going to say like, you promised us a like, oh, like what we got donors are going <laughs> to riot in the street. Like we don't have like a donor base like that. Like they're here for weird theater. They know what we do. We've been doing it since the eighties. Like it's fine. 
I can see that on your website. A uh, 30-year history produced upwards of 300 individual performances. It's true. Six and that's, that's wild. That's, I mean, it, it, is that at times stressful to manage all of that? Or are you, are, is the company really good about beginning, middle, end? Or do you put um, maybe two different productions on at the same time since you have uh, sort of a bit of an experimental edge to you? Yeah, we used to do two productions at a time. We would do a main stage and an off night. Um, the off nights would be, you know, when the stage was dark. So um, Monday through Wednesday and then Thursday through Saturday, um, we would have like the main stage. Um, we don't usually like to like as a staff, like talk about like how hard it is for us because we don't want to guilt people into thinking that like, do you know what I mean? Like we don't, we don't want people to think that like they're a problem. Or, or, yeah. or, or they're uh, like a burden. Like this is a burden that we accept. Like everybody at Annex is completely on board with the fact that you are going to personally drive us absolutely up the wall for six weeks. <laughs> and it's okay. It's absolutely fine because you're going to be precious about your play. You're going to want a lighting plot that cannot exist here. You're going <laughs> to want like like lanterns hung in the audience. And like we've pulled all that stuff off. Like I... I am shocked at the big cheap theater that we have been able to put on, but it's always a surprise. Like every time we do it, we're like, I cannot believe we did that (laughs) every time. And like, yeah, you know, staff meetings are sometimes like a little bit of crap. Like sometimes we're sitting around and we're like, I don't know how we're going to do that. Like sometimes it's just like, we just can't see each other. Sometimes we had, I remember sometimes we would had digital meetings because we would all be like, I don't want to see your face. Like, I just don't want to, I just don't, I love you. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to you. Like, please email me what you need and I will see you next week. And that's just what we need to do. You know, like married couples figure out how to live with each other. And I think that that's like kind of the model at Annex is like, we learn how to talk to each other. And when we mess up, we just leave each other alone. Mm-hmm. And we have that, right? We have that privilege almost because we are so small and contained. And we do have a donor base that understands exactly what we're doing. So they know that if the company sees that we need help, something has gone amiss. And, <laughs> and like, we are, we are sending out an SOS. But like, it's so it's so funny how immediately that happened like when we were shut down Hannah and I had only been ADs for a month and a half like we had we had no time to like figure out what our new positions were I was a diversity liaison um that they you know asked me to come on staff so that some of the problems that they were having with like not having enough POC shows and like not being able to like understand how to talk to people to get the shows coming. Like, you know, I just kind of used my diversity expertise to help us navigate those waters. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, And everybody just listened. It was really, really amazing how everybody was just like, yeah, we asked you to come in and do a job and we're just going to listen to you. I can't tell you how many theaters just argue with me. Oh, well, we don't have the budget for that. Well, we asked black actors to come out and like, oh, well, we want to do this play. Okay, so it's about runaway slaves. I'm like, can you, no, no, that's, no, stop it. Like, you you don't have to do a play about runaway slaves, do a play about black people. There is so much more to black people than the suffering. Like, are you joking with this? And like, theaters would just be like, well, I'm going to do, this is a writer from New York. I don't care. She's from the moon. Like you, you only did Porgy and Best and a slave play this year. Please look at your option. Like please look at your life and look at your choices. I'm so fatigued. <laughs> but Annex listened, and and I felt really comfortable talking to them about like the ways that they were failing their community, and they were, you know, understanding. Did I answer the question? I feel like you I did. got like way sidetracked. I'm so sorry. No, no, you're doing great. No, you're doing, you're, you're awesome. Oh, you're great so awesome. You are. Um, no, that's that's outstanding. Um, it, it's it, it's so nice that you're you're pushing to shift paradigms in people's minds for what they think is you know um, their commitment. It should be something different and it should be. be. And hopefully with people like you at the helm of theater companies, it, it happens and it works. And uh, it's, it's a lot of hard work. I know it's, it's changing minds. And I understand, believe it or not, um, uh, New York playwrights are often aced out because of, uh, somebody who has a, a higher education than them or a, bit, a more major profile that's fought a lot rather than uh, just base it on the, um, uh, the individual written work and mm-hmm. the quality of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's, that's really like nothing that uh, you know, no shade to the playwrights who are actually oh, no, having no, no. the success, Mm-mm. but there's, there's room for more. And there's yeah, room for I think different. That, I think that people don't understand what diversity is. Like, I think that I think that we're having a, a very basic miscommunication about how like diversity doesn't mean that you like threw a bunch of brown people into midsummer. Like, do you did you do any plays about disabilities? Would you even consider hiring an actor with autism if they came into the rehearsal room and didn't look you in your eye? Would you even like think about like indigenous plays that are like beyond what you see in your head when you like imagine an indigenous person? Mm. Did did you really scout people who were victims of uh, you know certain like just like not talked about things like like people who are put in you know uh, religious classes who like later were like that messed me up like real, real big time. And I want to talk about it. Like, have you ever like really looked for a play from a gay person that 
was about something you've never heard before. Like that's diversity. That's art. That's, that's storytelling. Mm -hmm. It's not just go get me a list of all of your black people. Like, and that's, that's what I feel like sometimes like diversity is like, I'll show up to auditions that someone has like specifically been like, Oh, Madison J. Jones, we've sent you an audition. We're so excited for you to come. And I get there and I'm like, I'm not right for any of these roles. Like you literally just called me here because you looked at an intern and were like, get me all the black actors in Seattle. And it's a waste of my time. Mm -hmm. Like I am a light skinned, like black person from the South who talks like this. There is absolutely no reason you should be calling me in for dream girls. That's not a fit for me. Like you know, you're not going to cast me in dream girls. Like you're not going to do it. There are so many more people who like, deserve to have that place like it just drives me nuts Sean I'm just like I'm sorry I'm like getting so emotional like I just it drives me absolutely insane it's just not it's not sustainable and it's a waste of time well it's almost like people feel like they need to check the diversity box yes and they should they should have an awareness of diverse casting and and giving the role to whoever's going to perform it the best and just opening it up to everyone, everyone. Um, and, uh, but don't just go through the motions because you said you did. You know what? You can say you hit you the did. nail on the head. That's what it is. They go through the motions to say that they did. Yeah. Not yeah. in my house, boo boo. Not in my <laughs> house. Mm-mm. No, not here. Not at annex theater. Mm-mm. No, not here. No, <laughs> um, Tell, talk about your team a little bit that you have there at the theater. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so uh, our staff is comprised of, um, uh, right now it's like 50-50. That's okay. You're good. I'm sorry. I hit my lamp. Um, <laughs> our staff right now is comprised of about 50-50 um, people who were there in like what we call the Annex Renaissance, which is like the early 90s, and like us new kids, um who got here like, you know, in the 2013, 2014 time, mm-hmm. um, Stephen McCandless and Pamela Mijatov were like two of the like huge heavy hitters of like, you know, taking Annex in the direction that it is right now. Um, Stephen is now our finances director and Pamela's on the board, but like, you would never know that. Like you would never know that they had like these like positions because they just do everything, you know, uh, for tech lunches. Just everybody just comes and, and feeds people. And it, and every time I'm like meeting new people, which is amazing. Cause I'm like, who are you? I've never seen you before. And it's like, oh, well, I did a, I did a show with Annex in 2004 and I got the email that y'all needed a tech lunch. Incredible. Thank you, wow. Susan. Unbelievable. Like, it's just, it's just a real community. And I, and I think that that came from us saying like our doors are open to anyone like our um our head photographer Ian Johnston like when we started into all this covid mess like he just brought all of his camera equipment to the theater and was like use it it's here for you um Ben Lawrence works in the um office in the back on his own personal projects and kind of like is our little um you know theater watcher like he makes sure that like everything in the theater is like chill and like he'll text me if he'll be like there are like six people, this is before quarantine, like there are like six people in here. Do we know them? And I'll be like, yeah, we know them. Like, and it's just wonderful. We have 
Mike Gilson, who's manned the bar for five ever, and he has made a personalized list of cocktails for every show that's special to every show because it's special to him. And I'm just like, thank you so much for doing like, I don't even have to ask. Like we get to opening weekend and he's just like, okay, so here's like three, one. And I don't drink alcohol. So he started making a non-alcoholic one because I was like, maybe we should make one that doesn't have alcohol in it. And he wasn't like, oh, well, I don't know if anybody would buy it. He was like, okay. And just did it. Cause he's amazing. And then we have Waylo, who's our company manager. And she is like the most capable person I think I know. She's like five years younger than me. And that like does things to my psyche, but like, she is mm. unbelievable. Like she, she just is so, she just takes action. I'll just be like, I don't know what to do about this thing. And she'll be like, I'll just email the company. And then it's done like in 24 hours, like the service, the, the excellence, like she's just absolutely amazing. And I, and I just, I, I love Hannah and we make such a good team because we know how to talk to each other. Um, and we just made this like little weirdo family of artists. And, you know, sometimes they have ideas for shows that they want to do. And like, I remember uh, Sam Rowe and Chad Rowe are the, um, they are the house managers. Um, they usually set up like this, a system for people to come in and watch the house during shows. And we were just bullshitting one day about like, oh, how funny would it be if someone did like a dramatic reading of like, like really serious Facebook posts, like really, like, like really like pointed um, reviews for restaurants where the person is like obviously in the wrong. And then we just did it for spin the bottle because we have the power to do that because we are the arbiters of this world. And it's just amazing how creative and interesting like everybody who's there is I've never like been in a room with more interesting people every single one of their stories are so buck-ass crazy and I'm just like how did we do this how did we all find each other and I mean I guess because Annex provides the space where you can find it I mean even Christine Canso who who writes our um Canso who writes our um she helps us with our like grants and stuff Mm -hmm. She is like very not like um like artsy woo woo. Like she's not she's not into like the like get on the grid and like soft focus. Like she's not she's not like she's not that person. But she you know said to me one time at a Krebs meeting, she was like, I just I just think you're doing something good and I just want to help people who are doing good things. <laughs> My heart. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I just started crying. I was like, thank you so much. And she's like, okay, please stop. <laughs> like, right. I don't, oh. <laughs> but it's, they're just all amazing. And we all just, we all just know how to talk to each other. And I think that's because we had a really candid conversation about how to talk to each other. Like if, if somebody says like, you know, something that's like oh, a little, like, it, you know, it just tweaks you right in the heart. Like, I think we have a, a good enough relationship that we can be like, don't, reanalyze what you just said, you know? And and I don't think that a lot of people have the ability to do that because I think that there's a lot of, um, not corporate speak, but I think there's a lot of just stuff you got to watch out for in bigger theaters because people like, I don't know, like when you get a bunch of, of egos in a room, I think sometimes it leads to people misinterpreting things or like 
misunderstanding where you're coming from. This happens with me a lot because I'm on the spectrum. Like I'll say something and people will be like, wow, that was really rude. And I'm just like, oh, was it? What did I say? <laughs> like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but like the staff like understands that like if I'm like focused on something, it's because I'm, I, I can't, like, I just can't focus on anything else, you know? And, 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 you know, they give me the space to do that. We don't really talk talk about deadlines a lot you know we talk about things we can do like can you take on this project not like can you do it like by Thursday it's like no obviously not because I have a full-time job because it's the world we live in you know Mm -hmm. but I can do it when I can do it and and it always comes through because when you're given the 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 space to like not have to do something in a rush I really feel like you make a better product and like I know that sometimes people get really frustrated because it's kind of like up in the air. Like, okay, so when are we going to get the poster? And I'll be like, um. <laughs> uh, Let me get back to you on that. Yeah, but it worked. I mean, you know. I, I'll email you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will let you. When I know, you'll know. So as soon as I know, you'll know. Second. <laughs> Exactly. You'll, you'll be the second to know. And I understand that some people don't want to work like that. I do. I understand that that's not for everyone, um, but it works for us. So we're going to, you know, we got to do what works for us and works for our team. Very cool. Um, I'm glad you brought up uh, people like Christine, who you say is not really part of the art development of it, because mm-hmm. um, I think that, that, th- this is something that I'd like people to know because it was told to me from um, uh, a director out of Alabama when I interviewed her, her theater company. And that's that theater is for everyone. It's for people to watch. It's for for people to love. It's for people to write, to act, uh, to administrate. Um, It's, it's for everyone. And there's just a lot of people who really enjoy just being part of it. And we, and, and I, I, I think it's 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 amazing uh, that you have this varied set of people who are all as committed as the artists. I know that you know what the public is usually seeing is the play in front of them or the piece in front of them, but there are so many other people connected to how that got there, and that's the everyone that I'm talking about. Um, without them, it's it's. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. I always say when we're in production with like one of my plays or musicals or something, I'm always, always like, "There's, there's a show in here somewhere." It's <laughs> the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like I'm be sitting there with my computer, like just changing dialogue, and we're going over the scene for the, you know, the fiftieth time, and I'm like, "Okay, there's a show in here somewhere. We're gonna have a show sometime." I'm stealing that from you. That's so funny. It's true, right? <laughs> but it's so true. It's like such a it's such a good like center point of that idea. Yeah, there is a it's in here somewhere. Like yeah, we'll find it. Exactly. But I don't know where it is right now. <laughs> yeah, or or you know, eventually it's gonna be revealed to us and and I have to especially like as as writers, you have to put your faith in the people that are the part of the engine that's not you. Um, Isn't that so hard? Yeah, I mean, as, and when you're writing, it's difficult because um, you spend, we spend so much time, years sometimes, and some of my projects takes years to write. And um, uh, then I get there and I'm basically going, here, here's something that I, please make this good, please. <gasps> it's yeah. hard. 
That was the hardest part for me was like letting it go. Yeah. Because I, you know, I knew I didn't want to be one of those people, you know, who was like, who had their claws in it. I didn't want to be one of those people. So I, I really had to like acclimatize myself early to like, once you give this to a director, it's like not yours anymore. Like I will see you at tech. If you need to make script changes, email me. But like, you can't have your claws in it, you know? Oh, so hard. Oh, so hard. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I, uh, I, I typically do more than just, um, just show up at tech, uh, cause usually mm-hmm. I'm in developmental phases. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm there and, um, it, it can be really, really difficult. I have a rule with, with actors. It's that if you want to tell me how to write a script, each time you have an idea for that and you want to tell me that you have to know that that gives me one line line reading of yours because I know how I want it said. So I'll show you a line reading. You know, you're never supposed to give a line reading to actors. I hate it. That's a partner system though. That's fine. It's a part. I know. I, I, don't, I know nobody else will, will take that, but um, it, it could be crazy. So, uh, wow. Um, let's, Talk about some of the highlights of your production history at Song. Tell me, you know, two or three projects that have been uh, something that were uh, memorable or, or different or unusual. Yeah. Um, when I first got to Seattle, everyone was talking about a show called Undo by Holly Arsenal. Um, it was a show about a couple who wanted to get divorced. And, um, you know, in this, you know, kind of magical realism world, the only way that they could get their divorce like approved was if they held their wedding ceremony in reverse. And so they had to start from like the, the reception and go backwards to, I'm going to cry like to the vows. Oh, the vows were so hard. And like, Oh my God. And their uh, when they did their, uh, their first dance, I, I like can't even like I can't even talk about it. like it was just such a good play about humans and about relationships and about like how we see the permanence of love mm-hmm. and what that means. So that was like, oh, actually, Holly Arsenal also wrote The Great Inconvenience, which is unbelievably topical for right now because it's about a uh, class structure um, and like being human in a society that like decides that be- you're just not human anymore. Mm-hmm. Um Black Like Us by Rachel Atkins. I also heard a a bunch about, it was a show about a woman in the 1950s who realizes she can pass for white. Mm. My life's getting ass was like, oh, affected, affected by that. Um, And then there was also Brandon J. Simmons. So my, the person who like really uh, ushered me through my writing um, wrote a show called Is She Dead Yet? And that's a Euripides uh, tragicomedy about a woman who is the last black woman on earth. And like this, this kind of like idea that like when she's gone, like what is there? Is there a memory of her? Is there, is there just like, we're just not going to address it anymore? Like that was absolutely incredible. Oh, chills. Absolutely it's, incredible. It sounds like they all have, like, um, they're all meditations on certain themes and messages. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is yeah. cool. And, uh, wow, that's that's really amazing. And from what, I, I think I read this on your website, but don't you also host uh, Seattle 
fringe from time to time or yeah i mean we we keep our doors open to anybody who needs a space right because like we're privileged to have one like there are many theaters who don't even have a roof you know uh-huh. So, so yeah, I mean, we, uh, we've had like comedy shows in there. We've had, um, oh, I love when the, uh, the, ki- the Broadway kids, oh, I love when the Broadway kids come, they did Pippin the year before oh, 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 the God. babies, oh, the babies. They're, so, wow. they're amazing. Oh, I love when Broadway kids come. So yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we, you know. We have a box with lights in it. That's what we always say. We have a box with lights in it. So if you need a box with lights in it, come on down. What's the the song that the lead character sings? Is it? I've seen Pippin twice. Um, so Moon Glow, Morning Glow, Morning Glow, <laughs> Morning Glow. Yeah, I see. Like you know, a twelve year old singing that. That would be very very powerful. Oh my god, I can't remember the mother character in the little wheelchair. She was so excited about her little gray wig. <laughs> she oh was like, gosh. I'm a grandma. She just kept running around. I'm a grandma. Oh god, I love her. Oh god, I hope she's doing okay. <laughs> kids, I'm sure she babies. is. Oh, the babies. Uh, yeah, I saw the, the Diane Paulus production here that won that I think won a Tony for Best Revival. I'm sure um, that was a little different from the kids. Right. <laughs> It's the one where Andrea Martin, she's she played the grandmother and mm-hmm. and she they they directed it so beautifully and, and oh, it was it was all very circus like. Diane Paulus is one of my favorite directors. She also directed like Waitress and oh, um, yes. a bunch of other stuff, which I love. But love. very, very quickly, I have to mention my favorite Broadway female actor. The first time I ever saw her was Pippin uh, out here and um Ooh. Are you familiar with the actor? She won a Tony Award. Uh, her name is Rachel Bay Jones. Uh, yes, I'm familiar with Rachel Bay Jones. <laughs> How awesome uh, is she, huh? Oh, my God. Uh, just, uh, what did I, I don't even know. I just, like, you know, you just YouTube people. Uh-huh. I, I think that maybe she just, like, came up on my YouTube. I don't even remember. Well, oh, she, she's beautiful. She's just, she's, she's just, she's known for playing the, um, uh, Evan Hansen's mother in Dear Evan Hansen and pulling yes. the entire, per- like Evan Hansen is like falling apart towards the oh. end of this show. And she, yes. in, in one like little two minute lullaby called so big, so small, <laughs> she puts his life completely back together it oh, is God. probably one of the most powerful moments I have ever seen. But when I saw her, Sean, we Pippin, can't even do this right now. We can't even do this right now. <laughs> yeah, she's so, she's so great. But when I saw her in Pippin, she played I forget the 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 um, character that Pippin falls in love with with a child. Uh-huh. Uh, and, Catherine. Uh, Catherine, thank you. And she says, um, "What did she say?" It's when when Pippin says, "I have to leave." He has to leave her. Sorry for the spoilers, everyone. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> then there's a lot more to Pippin than that. But um, I've heard other act, like the actor that I saw on tour, great, great performance. But she said, why? And which was good. But the way Rachel Bay Jones said it, it was like, why? It just, she flipped oh. an entire performance. I thought, what a genius. And then I saw her in Evan Hansen and I was like, <sighs> unbelievable. Wow. Just, just absolutely uh, devastating with that performance. Uh, so good. Unbelievable. Yes. She was in um, hair that I saw. Uh-huh. Um, 
there's a clip of her in hair somewhere in my like videos that make me cry. I she's absolutely incredible. She's yeah, absolutely she, incredible. she was also on Law and Order. Did you see that? No, I don't. Oh my god, she's on Law and Order. Yeah, she's on Law and Order. Oh my god, she's she's so great. I saw her play. Uh, there was a, uh, a, a a musical called First Daughter Suite. I forgot who wrote it, but it was about First all of these Suite. these different first daughters and um <gasps> that's right she played rosalind carter rosalind carter she did yes, and, yes, 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 and yes, she yes. and she played laura bush too she did play laura bush yeah she was that's a that's the second time I saw, then i saw her in evan hansen and i was like i want to watch yeah, that what a great 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 actor she's so incredible um like that. I wish uh, you and I could go on and on about Rachel. I'm sorry. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I got. I got all. I got all Bay Jones. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> all Bay Jones down. Yeah. She's. She's just. Just. She's got her own. Okay. One more thing, and then, yes. and then move on. She has her own what I call internalized X factor. A lot of people have the X factor where they're, you know, they've got their thing going on and people are attracted to, to, to them, to their talent and whatnot. But there's something about her X factor that is exclusively her own. I don't know. There's, she's just, she's, she's fabulous. She's a powerhouse. Uh, she could send me a letter that told me to jump off a bridge and I'd do it. <laughs> she's, she's unbelievable. She's unbelievable. <laughs> I don't think she's the kind of person to do that, but someday I'll meet her and I'll just, I won't be able to talk, but oh god, that's oh. just me. I'm, I'm like that <laughs> around celebrity. Um, okay. So let's, let's talk a little bit, a little bit about COVID-19 and how it's affected <sighs> Annex okay. Theater. Um, how has Annex Theater responded to the COVID-19 pandemic overall? Talk about that first day we all learned of the shutdown and how you've grown and developed the company as a result? And that's a big question, I know. No, I mean, well, here's the thing, honestly. Um, Stephen McCandless, our finances director, he's legitimately the smartest man that I know. I mean, he's he's just brilliant. Um, he came to us in, like, February of that year uh-huh. and was like, something is coming, and it's going to be devastating, and no one is taking it seriously, and we need to take it seriously. Wow. And Hannah and I were like, okay, Stephen. Like, you know I mean? like, we were very much like, okay, like if you want to buy some, some film equipment and get the internet, you know, to a higher speed, like that's not going to hurt anybody. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. sure, go ahead and do that, you know. And then the closer and closer it got, we were like, oh, actually, Stephen's a prophet, <laughs> and this got exactly as big as he said it was going to, you know. Mm-hmm. So by the time we were actually quarantined, I mean, we had been setting up the theater, you know, when we could um, to turn Annex into a film studio. Um, mm. And, you know, to be 100% honest, like, Annex did what we always do, you know, we adapted. You know, when rent got too much, they moved. When, you know, there were no spaces, they made one, you know, mm. and... I think that because we kind of have the freedom to do whatever we want, because we're not, you know, we don't have um, anyone telling us, you know, what they, you know, want on our stage or need on our stage. Like we just pivoted and and it was absolutely incredible because like everybody on the staff just immediately activated. 
like like they just they just started doing things like Mike Gilson didn't have a bar anymore. So he completely just started helping us with our online streaming. Uh, ben Lawrence, uh, Chris X. Nil and Ian Johnston, who, you know, are, you know, camera people. And, and, and Ben Lawrence has a, a show uh, that he does with his friend called Panel Jumper. So they had all this all this experience of, you know, how to how to do this cheaply but also of quality. And then, you know, we were doing a show. We, we still are doing a show called Vampires of Neverwood. And that was supposed to be a live D&D-based audience voting play mm-hmm. where the audience voted for where the characters went in the story. And we were going to do that live. So these actors, they learned four whole different plays and were ready to, like, show the world. And then the world just stopped, you know, and, and Butch Alice and Anya Nees, they could have canceled it. You know, we, we, we came to them and we were like, you know, what do you, what, what do you want to do? Do you, do you want to still do it? Do you want to wait until the world opens back up? And they're like, no, like everybody is ready. Like, let's just do it. So they adapted the entire story and did all four endings in a digital format. And now the show is being streamed online. The audience can vote for which direction they go into like by typing into a chat window. It integrates live actors, pre-recorded green screen and 5,000 cues into a spectacle that is just like, it's just incredible. I'm just like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I just like wouldn't have, like I wouldn't have blamed them if they wanted to walk away from us, you know, like I would, of, of course you do. But like, they kept Annex alive and they kept something on our stage and it means so much to me and they mean so much to me, you know? And I just want to be, I just want to be the best AD I can for them. I just want to support them in any way that I can because they're making weird experimental art exactly like I asked them to, you know? Like, that's how I feel about everybody who brings us a show. Like, I asked Into the Void. I asked you for your, for your, your weird shows. I asked you for, for the things that you don't think people are talking about. And they just bring them to me every year. And they just say, okay, here's my heart. And I just want to, I just want to support them. I just want, I just want to make a happy place. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel that uh, sort of the avant-garde nature of uh, Annex Theater made it a little easier to to pivot in the direction of doing things differently because it sounds like you're you're very experimental you try new things uh, a lot of, there's all saying yes do you mm-hmm. think that the audience is like oh well okay yeah this is I'm used to them doing that and so this is a, a new cool thing that's exactly what it is I, I I really do think that's exactly what happened that nobody expects any different from us I, I think that if we had have done vampires, digital even if there was no pandemic people would be like yeah of course they are because they're a bunch of freaking weirdos you know like uh, like uh, like nobody expects anything from us and i think that that's another thing that we like have that maybe some other theaters don't i think that sometimes theaters especially the big ones they like they agonize over what people are going to see and it's like i know you have to i know you have to do that because you got to keep your doors open. And I would rather, I would rather the pajama game than nothing, right? Like if that's what you need to do, then do it. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But like, I can't, I can't, I, I, I just don't, I don't have it. I, I just don't have it in me. Like when the, when the uh, quarantine first started, there was this like eighties giant, like zoom call thing that we all got on. And it just made me feel like my brain was on fire. Like we're not like, we're not there. Like people are talking about like reserve budgets and like, like emailing donors and like doing like digital fundraisers and like, and like salons. And, and I just like, I mean, I, I just can't, like, I, I, I can't go with them. Like I had to stop going. Cause I, I, I like, I was just like, it, it wasn't even like, I don't belong here. It was like, I don't think we're doing the same thing. It, it just, you know, and like, you know, I, I mentioned like I'm on the autism spectrum. So like, there are some things that I just can't like there, there's this, that corporate speak that, um, that saying, saying what you don't mean and like hoping that I interpret the meaning behind it, like boo boo, I don't have it. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't know how to speak this, this upper echelon theater language. And I think that, like, without Annex, I don't know if I would have a place in Seattle theater. I mean, that's, I think that's a whole other, like, interview of, like, people who are neurotypical. But, like, I, I think that what Annex grants people is the freedom to do literally whatever you want. If you're not hurting anybody, like, then, like, absolutely come do it. Like, we're not going to host messages of hate you know, I mean, half of us are, you know, a bunch of non-binary gays in the neighborhood of Seattle anyway, you know, so, so we would, we would never host that. But I think that one of the things that the quarantine helped us all realize is like how, how much of a, uh, how Annex can be, and, and places like Annex, because I know we're not the only people doing this, um, how it can be kind of this bastion when there is a storm. Because this, I mean, this is, it's a global storm, you know, and, and people have to seek refuge where they do. Some people have stepped away from theater. I don't blame them. Some people have, have gone to doing um, like film instead of, of doing live. Some people have been doing Zoom stage readings. And I'm so proud of all of them. I'm so proud of every single one of them. Because making a decision of, of how am I going to stop my life, but keep it, you know, healthy is mm-hmm. like, I think that's an unbelievable ask. It's unbelievable, especially for a bunch of artists who came to theater because we didn't feel like we had a place, you know what I mean? Anyway. So now we don't think we have a place in a place we didn't have a place in. And, yeah. and it's just this, like this, like Russian doll of like, <laughs> of like, how do we, how do we keep everybody safe? And I, I hope that as we move forward in doing digital content, I hope that everybody feels safe to tell their story there. If you need to talk about like 
what came up for you during COVID, I hope I can have a place for you. If you don't want to talk about COVID at all, I hope I can have some content that makes you forget for a little while, you know, like that's, we're all just trying to help each other. You know, we're all just mm-hmm. trying to give a big old art hug to everybody <laughs> who wants to see art, you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm down. Cool. Very good. And people are doing some incredibly genius things. Amazing. They really are. I, I always say like, when you feel like you have no options, that's when you turn into a genius. That's yes. when you're, you're, when you're putting up cre- creative choices that are like, how did that happen? Well, we, we have this very small theater and I had to make it happen somehow. And so I had to use my creativity and, and I, I just, I, I think it's really cool that um, you're doing that as well. It sounds like it's, it's just, it sounds like it's when we get out of this and we will, we're, we've got vaccines now. Um, when we get out of it, you're going to look back on it and say, look what we did. We, yeah. we, we, we opened our minds and we shifted things. And while we're still, while we're back on stage now, there are other things that we can be doing. And yeah. I, I just think it's, it's cool. And I, I like your answer on that. Well, um, welcome. Thank you. Um, <laughs> what has surprised you the most about your fellow artists reaction to the COVID-19 crisis? I mean, Listen, if I'm being like if if I'm being 100 honest, like I I have a little bit like put myself in a bit of a hole. Um, I got off of all social media um, like in May because I just couldn't like I just felt like I was just doing nothing but like doom scrolling. Um, and for me personally. Oh. Like, you know what I mean? Doom, doom scrolling. Doom scroll. Yeah. Okay. I'm stealing that that from you. Oh my god, that is what it is. Like I've seen that everywhere. Like that that is what it is. You just doom scroll, and you just everything is awful, and it hurts all day long. Yeah. All day long. Oh, I do the same thing. And you read things that are incomplete because you you're so you want the information so badly that you don't like wait for it to get better. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're just like, okay, this is the absolute truth. This horrible thing that's happening is now the absolute truth. And white supremacy has reigned supreme and I have to get out of here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's just crazy. I mean, and since, since July of last year, I have had two zoom funerals a week to go to Mm. because the South it's just, it's just the South. Like they, I just, it's just a different world. It's just a different world. And, and it's, they have different priorities. And, and, and I, I just, it was just, I just couldn't like, I, I just stopped. I, I like have stopped going on the internet if it's not for helping vampires. Like I don't, I've watched some, some zoom um, stage readings. Cause I, you know, I can't help but support you know new art I, I i don't want people to think that um that it's hopeless you know like don't make new art in quarantine because nobody will see it no, no 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 i hate that i hate that message and i and i don't want to I, I don't want to support that but like you know it, it's just been so it's just been so overwhelming that i i don't really think i've noticed what my fellow artist's reaction to covid 19 is you know i i, I can't because and I don't know if this is selfish of me or not, but I can't, I don't have anything for them. Like I can't hold it. Like I can't hold their pain and I can't make it better. And I can't, you know, I, I, I don't know where to, 
to put all of the hurt. So I, I think that the best I can do is just, you know, offer to help where I can in, in the ways that I can, you know, um, if you need emails sent out, if you need, um, you know, if you, if you need a consultation, if you need somebody to read your script, honey, I can sit in my bed and read a script all day long. I got one of those maternity pillows and I am comfortable. <laughs> I am set. So I'll read your script all day long and I'll, and I'll, you know, I'll help you where I can, but it's, you know, it, I'm a, I feel like I'm a little bit, um, like I'm a little bit head on, over, you know, uh, um, head underwater, you know, like, uh, overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm just yeah. like, I'm just so overwhelmed with like how everyone needs something and I can't, I just can't help, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fixer, you know, and, and I want to be there for everybody, but I, you have to learn that you can't be there at people's detriment, you know, mm-hmm. because then I'm not good to anybody. Right. Like we are going to come out of this and we are going to come out as a community. And when we come out, we have to make sure that we're not so frazzled that we can't get to work because I'll tell you what we're getting to work when, when we can, when I can be in the same room as like several human beings, we're making some art, honey. (laughs) We are doing it. We are writing plays. We are doing one acts, get in the car. We're doing it. We're going to Capitol Hill and we're putting on your play. Like this is what we're doing. Like everything that you've been writing during quarantine, all of your feelings, we're putting them in a show, do it. You have the ability. It is so attainable. And I want to make it happen. I, I mean, I hope that I get to make it happen like as my life. Like I would love to, like if you told me like my perfect job could be just like traveling around and helping make art happen, you'd never see me again. <laughs> I, would, I would be, I would just be doing that. And I'd, they'd be like, how did Jade get from, from New York to Chicago in 12 hours. I don't mind your business. It's It's possible. I do it a lot when I can fly. Um, Can I, can I make an observation on, um, and this is, this is because I've been told this has been a common answer. Um, there've been other answers as well, but I think that, um, a lot of people talk about, the unification, unifying, Mm -hmm. people jumping in and really cementing themselves as a team and really showing their their mettle and assisting each Mm -hmm. other. And not just with with artistic things, but with, um, are you doing calls? Are you doing okay? Do you need need housing? Do you need food? What's going on? You know, people are taking care of people on a people basis. Yeah as well as an artistic basis. And it sounds like um, Annex Theater is doing that very, very well. Whether whether you're in it. So it's hard to realize something when you're in it. But that's just that's just my observation. You, know, you can I tell really them all I said that. that. Well, of course. I mean. No, I really it, do. I think that really hit me right in the heart. I think that, I think that sometimes I, I, you know, when things are hard, you get a little bit of tunnel vision. But you're absolutely right. We have been there for each other, like as people. Even if, if, even if I can't make everybody's art, you're right. We have been checking in on each other. My friend, Amy Phillippe writes me letters every week and I get a little post, I get a little postcard and it just makes my whole life. 
And you're right. We, yeah. We've been being humans together, and I think that maybe that should be enough for me. Thank you, Sean. That really, that really helped me. Thank you. You're welcome. And, you know, thank other artists who have done yeah. this particular series who have given that answer. There's people who are like, the first two weeks that it happened, we were just all about making sure everybody had a roof and a bed and food and, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, making phone trees and you, you call yeah. these people you in, and checking in. And that's, that's like super beautiful. If you ask me, it is, you're it absolutely really is. right. It really you're is. It's, right. it's nice. It's nice to see it out of, um, your, your company as well. <laughs> um, you know, it's really interesting that you brought up, uh, sort of like everybody having denial for COVID, you know, coming to our, our country because David and I were went to uh, London. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was like in February or something or Jan. I don't know when we did it, but we did. And um, uh, and by the way, don't let me forget to t- to give you a theater recommendation from London. But anyways, we're in. I think we went to Oxford or Cambridge or one of those, and we were on this those boats that sail around the. I don't know. It's it, they give you a boat tour of the universities, Fine. and yeah, and the guy was like, um, "Yeah, this this how are how are things being affected in um, in America with the pandemic?" And we were like, "We're fine." What? Like, hey, we're good. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, "Well, it's, he's like, well, it's decimated the tourism industry out here," and um, we said, "We you know," and then. I get back. I actually fly fly to a couple other places myself, but mm-hmm. we get back and boom, and then it just hits us. And it was just, it was like, whoa. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, there was a, a a denial going on, and so yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, and, I was guilty of it too, though. Like I I really was. Like I sat in annex, and I was like, I think it's just a really bad flu. Yeah, I, that's, I, I was like, it's the flu. Yeah, I, I yeah. mean, I was guilty of that, you know, before I was educated on it. Uh, it was not the flu. <laughs> it was not, it, I was wrong. It was not flu. <laughs> yeah, when I, can look, when I can look out my window and see a giant, you know, uh, uh, ship coming down the Hudson River and parking because we need it. It's, yeah, New York was, yeah, it was, it was, it was it, everybody, it's sucky, but we got it big time first. Yeah, so. I mean, I can't imagine with the concentration of y'all. Like, well, now we're all in our apartments. So <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's bad, but you know, again, we're we're, we're working out of it. And oh, poor dear. And when it when it comes when theater comes back and this show comes to Broadway, come to Broadway and see it. It's called Anne Juliet. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's a um, it's a musical with it's a jukebox musical with a lot of like. Um, um, like candy rock music, yes. uh, you know, boys to men and, and it's, it's about what happens if Juliet says, I don't really need to kill myself based on a weekend relationship. I'm going to go out and see what this is about. It's. Yes, Juliet. <laughs> yes. Yes, queen. <laughs> yes. You know, it's called Anne Juliet. It, the, the um, cast recording is out. It's great. Oh my that's god! I'm my, gonna check it out. That's my recommendation. So yes, um, give me it all, please. Yeah, it's it's. it's uh, David and I were like, be, mm, I know. Be some serotonin straight. Yeah, man, we're <laughs> like, maybe maybe not, and and um, and we saw it, and by the end of Act One at intermission, we were like, oh my god, I fucking love it. It's so good. 
It's really, really great. So thank um, you. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, Now, before we go, let's have you give our audience your social media information so they can keep up with your company. If you have one or two places they can go that connects to everything else, that's usually best. Um, So there you go. Well, if you insist. Uh, So head on down to annextheater.org, and that is the culmination of everything that we are. Um, everything that you need is there. The links to our YouTube and our Twitch uh, and our Facebook to watch Vampires of Neverwood. It's um, running February 16th to March 6th. Um, and it's like several times a week, so you can catch it. Um, I, I really do feel that Butch, Anya, and Nicole have like invented a new kind of entertainment. Like I'm really going to say that. Um, so I, I really encourage people to check it out. It's It's really neat. It took a lot of work and I just, I want to celebrate them until the end of time. They're absolutely incredible. Cool. That's, that's yeah. great. Um, so, so you're on Twitch. I'm, I don't know what Twitch is, but <laughs> we are on, I don't know what Twitch is either. We're on Twitch, <laughs> so we got a Twitch. As long as somebody else does, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, please don't let that be my problem. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I thought it was just for video games and stuff, but no, you can put whatever you want on there. And it's really easy on Twitch to vote because they have this whole built-in chat system oh. um, and to donate. So you can just donate right in there and, and vote for which path you want them to take. And you can even, t- there's a chat fairy um, who's, Sometimes it's me, but, uh, and they, we just talk, you know, we just chill and kind of like talk and we're just nerds and it's just wonderful. It, it, it's like the closest thing I've had in quarantine to actually like being in a room with other theater people. A chat fairy? A chat fairy. Oh my gosh. Just, just to make sure like nobody's like, you know, trolling. You know, <laughs> I, I'm thinking about handing over all of my social media accounts to my niece, who's like 23. Yeah, I mean, she knows, and, you know, she makes fun of me all the time because, you know, I'm in my 50s, so I just get a little overwhelmed with it, and I don't know. It's crazy. Oh, my God, you look amazing. Oh, thank oh, you. Thank you're you. You're beautiful. Congratulations oh, on thanks. that. Thank you very much. You may stay. <laughs> that was exactly the right thing to say. Just make sure that, like, I know, I fish doesn't... for it a little bit, but... But I fished for it, and and so I'm no, not proud. Incredible. You hit a certain age, and you're like, I'm not proud. I take all compliments. Just, Please feel free yeah. to issue them profusely. I will. Often. <laughs> well, I, Jade, I've had the best time talking to you. You're so fun and funny. Hey. You have a great energy. Oh, um, I love everything that you've done with Annex Theater and your whole team. It sounds like you have really you have rebound, you've acclimated and maybe created some systems that could assist you in future productions when we reemerge. And Absolutely. It, it's just, it, it, uh, you have a great positive energy about you and I wish you individually and you and your team many, many broken legs um, <laughs> as we navigate our way towards the best future for theater. So thank you for being on your program. You should take it. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. I'm a huge fan. I can't tell you how on the moon I am. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Glad. Same here. <laughs> well, folks, the 11 o'clock number has been sung and the bows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. Once again, a big thanks to Madison J. Jones of Seattle's Annex Theater. They were amazing. 
You can find more episodes of your program as your ticket on the Broadway Podcast Network, who has honored me with a place on their incredible, incredible theater podcast platform. Broadway Podcast Network is all about creating an engaging, immersive, user-friendly experience where theater stories of all kinds can be found, shared, and enjoyed. Please visit them on my landing page at bpn.fm slash ypiyt. Again, that's bpn.fm slash ypiyt, which stands for Your Program Is Your Ticket. Your Program Is Your Ticket is also on Facebook at facebook.com, Your Program Is Your Ticket, Twitter at at Program Ticket, and Instagram at Your Program Is Your Ticket. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Podbean, Pocket Casts, Deezer, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and the UK-based theater platform Thespi. FYI, folks, I appreciate all good ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. It really helps with my profile, and it's so cool if you do that. Everyone, take a little time to visit theater websites this week to see what they have to offer as we transition through and out of this pandemic. Watch their content, give them all great ratings and reviews, and most importantly, donate, donate, donate. The fastest way you can help them. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time, and remember, theater is for everyone. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.